Hello, Jimmy Pengan. Peace be to you, dear brothers and sisters. Let's continue in our sermon series, God's Righteousness, a Great God, Amazing Salvation. Today, let's look at Romans chapter 6. Slave to sin or slave to righteousness. Romans chapter 6 is in fact just explaining one verse in Romans chapter 5. It's explaining Romans 5.20. Here Paul said, But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Paul knew that he had to explain this verse very clearly. If not, then a lot of people would have wrong uh, interpretation for this verse. So then they would, it would be their license to continue on sinning so that God's grace would abound even more. Just like what I often say. That churches would love to, to invite those who have in their past life been great sinners and they have done a lot of heinous crimes and when God changed their lives they would see God's amazing grace so it seems like where sin abounds grace abounds even more that's why Paul said if I have not if I don't explain this verse very clearly then people will have a misunderstanding of this verse here Paul raised two questions to explain this verse the first question can be found in Romans 6 verse 1 what shall we say then shall we go on sitting so that grace may increase and from verse 2 to 14 here there Paul was answering this very question the second question can be found in uh, verse 15 what then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace and from verses 16 to verses 23 Paul answered this question that's why we can divide Romans chapter 6 into two parts the first section is the first 14 verses in these 14 verses the word death appeared 15 times so the first question deals with the problem of death. On the second part, from verses 15 to 23, here in these uh, verses, the word slave appeared 10 times. Either you're a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. So here, the focal thing that uh, the thing that you're focusing in is on the word slave. Here, 
here Romans chapter 6 wants to uh, answer these two questions the question of death and the question of slavery and it's used to explain chapter uh, chapter 5 verse 20 let's look at the first question the issue of death look at verse 1 what shall we say then shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase what was Paul's answer to this and Paul's answer was by no means look at verse 2 by no means we who are those who have died to sin how can we live in it any longer here Paul raised a very important reason a person who is truly saved is already dead to sin then a person who's dead how can they continue sinning what do you mean to those who died in sin it's not a physical death it means we are no longer under the power of sin sin has no power over us nor can it command us to sin already uh, 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 anymore you use the Paul used the 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 uh, practice of baptism to explain this there are two parts in, in the baptism the, the uh, positive view and the negative view you can look at it negatively by saying we died together with Christ on the positive side but it's our connection we are connected right now with Christ look at the first part the negative side of this it's the truth about how we have died together with the Lord look at verses 3 in verse 3 it says or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death and in verse 4 it says here we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father we too may live a new life here in CBCP we practice Immersion. Immersion is the practice wherein we dip the whole person into the water for them to rise up again. What does this signify? Its symbolism is that we have been uh, we died and we were buried and now we are resurrected together with the Christ. Of course, for some special reasons, there are people 
who were not able to go through immersion. Maybe because they are advanced in age or they have some health issues, they cannot go through immersion. Because if we truly dip them in the water, something serious might happen. And we cannot, if, if, they, have, if they were to drown there, we cannot resurrect them. That's why for these people, they have the option of being sprinkled. But the meaning is still the same. We died, we were buried, and we are now resurrected with Christ. Like right now, I'd like you to think about this question. Now we know that baptism is when we are when we died, we were buried, and we are now resurrected with Christ. What if I remove the middle word, the word buried from this sentence? We have died and we have resurrected with Christ. It seems like there is no uh, effect on, on, on the whole thing. We died with Christ, we resurrected with Christ. It's the same. Why is it the word buried is, is being reiterated and kept, kept being mentioned whenever the word baptism is, uh, is involved? Why is it the word buried is so important here? Because being buried means that it's an official end, a formal end of all things. It's, uh, please, I beg your pardon, if people here who have experienced death in the family. If we have not buried the person who died, it seems, like, it seems like we don't have closure over the whole thing. It seems like when we bury, there's a full stop, there's a closure. To be buried with Christ means everything is over, our sins, our guilt, Everything in our past is over. We don't have to keep uh, confessing the sins that we have done in the past. Because this is the thing that Satan is trying to deceive us with. All, all our sins have already been buried. It's over. It's closed. This is an objective truth. It's not our subjective experience. Sometimes we have this guilt feeling that keeps uh, telling us that all our sins have not yet been forgiven. But the Lord, may the Lord Because as we confess our sin, and then it's over its end. The second, when look at the positive side of being uh, baptized, it means that we are united with the Lord. Look at verse 5 and 6. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might, not, uh, might be done away with. So that we should no longer be slaves to sin. 
If we ask somebody, why is it you want to believe in the Lord? I don't know what their answers will be. But I have heard people who said, For them, the most important point in accepting Christ is for them to gain a passport to heaven. passport that has a visa in it for me to enter heaven. So when we reach heaven, and the angels will ask, why should I let you in? So I will just show my passport. And in that passport, we have a visa. Let me tell you. If this is our main reason for accepting Christ, then we will continue on sinning. It will be easy for us to continue sinning. Why? It's just like gaining a green card to, to the United States. You can live in the United States, but they don't want to live there. And probably they're not willing to give up their lifestyle here in the Philippines or their lifestyle in Hong Kong or the food that they enjoy in Hong Kong. So they continue on living in their past life. It's only on the last minute when push comes to shove that they go into the United States. Those Christians who have this kind of mentality would, cough, would often continue on in their sin. Yes. Of course, we agree that those who have accepted Christ, they would gain a passport, a visa into heaven. This eternal life is a gift given to us by the Lord. But more important than this, those who are in Christ, they are those who have accepted Except that Christ, they are united with the Lord. The things that delight the Lord are the things that we should delight in. And the things that the Lord does not delight in, we shouldn't delight in them. We are united with the Lord. Just like in marriage. To be married means to be in a union with somebody else. After you get married, you have to live a married life. You should not revert back to the lifestyle you had while you were still single. Because if you do so, then you will have problems in your marriage. You cannot stay married while living and continue on wanting to do things while you, what that you did while you were still single. You know, there's a Chinese saying that's very, very nice. Follow the young, the man you married, be he foul or dog. If you get married, you follow your husband, whether he's a fowl or a dog, follow him in, in what he's doing. You know, when a woman gets married, they give up their whole self to the, to, to the, the other party. My wife, uh, 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 Chong. Chong. 
His, uh, she's not Chung. And her original uh, family name is Xu. But after she got married, she changed her family name to Chung. She lost her family name. That means to be united with your spouse. We are now united with the Lord. Just think about this. Somebody would come to me and say, Reverend Chung, I have a good news for you. Go and find a mistress outside. I guarantee you, nobody will know. Because I have a new method. Nobody will find out. And this one, this method is tested. Nobody in your family will find out. No members in the CBCP will find out. And nobody in the whole world will ever find out. This is a very uh, true and tested secret. Let me ask you. If you were that person who were, who were given this option, would you? But if you truly love your wife, you would not even entertain such thoughts. When we are united with God, you would remove any thoughts of sinning. But the problem here, in reality, we continue on sitting. Even though we are united with Christ, we continue on sitting. Why do we continue sitting? There are several things that we need to understand. Number one, number one, those who belong to the Lord will not sin habitually. That's why in 1 John 3 verse 9, No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. That seed of God, the seed of life from God is in you. So those, those persons who have this will not continue on sinning. Those habitual sin will, will never be will not be there anymore. But the second point here. Those who belong to the Lord will still be tempted to sin. In Galatians 6, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. These are people who have been tempted and failed uh, to overcome the temptation, it was not their intention to sin at all, but they just simply were not able to overcome. Because because our sinful old sinful nature still remains within us. And we are not completely dead yet. 
Just like. 今朝我咧，咱即即群我，你即即几集里我，我咧演起叫做 zombie 啊。Just like the zombies, zombie movies and zombie series that ah、uh, that's been so prevalent in the past. <laughs> A decade. Are they truly dead or are they truly alive? There are people who are dead. But they move. They can bite people. That's the same meaning. It's like we're not completely dead. That's why in Romans 6:12 Paul reminded us. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Christians, we need to take control of our lust, our desires. Let's not find excuse for our own failures. There are people who are hot-tempered, but they would often say to other people, "That's my nature. That's who I am. I'm not trying to be." Hypocrite here. If I'm not happy, then I'm not happy. I show it. Why do I need to smile with that person, but I don't like him? If you listen to that person speak, it seems reasonable. But actually, that person is just satisfying his own flesh in doing things. So may the Lord help us. When these、uh, unclean desires. Evil desires that now take place in our mind. Do not entertain them. Come before the Lord and ask the Lord for help for to remove such thoughts. Do not feed and satisfy the desires of your old sinful nature. The third. Those who belong to the Lord are under the Lord's process of construction. Look at this very、uh, unique sentence. We who are those we are those who have died to sin. The word here is a past is in the past tense. Look at verse five. We will certainly also be united with him in the resurrection like his. In English, it's very clear that this is in a future tense. Our our death is already past. It's it's history. But our complete union with the Lord has yet to be. Truly、uh, achieved or to be truly realized. That's why theologians like to use this phrase. Already, but not yet. That's why they often say already, but not yet. Already, that's it. We know, but it's already. It already, we are there, but it's not yet complete. So then, 听好这个日子来了 So we await that day to come. 基督徒嘅人生是悔改嘅人生。Our life as Christians is a life of repentance。但系未嚟佢世界以前，咱需要继续认罪，继续悔改。Before we depart from this world, we need to daily, continually repent。但系最重要嘅，你先得先做以后。你先得先在先做以后。If you are truly a Christian， 你认罪悔改，同你嘅救恩无关系。Your daily confessing of your sin and your repentance has nothing to do with。
your salvation. We are not saved because we confess our sins and repent. It's God's grace that saves us. Our confession and our repentance is for us to continue on in a very good and normal relationship with the Lord. Because we don't want sin to be a hindrance for uh, in our relationship with God. That's why those who are in the Lord will not continue on in sin just to have grace abound even more. Look at Let's look at the second question. Verses 15 to 23 talks about the issue of slavery. Because in verse 14, For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law but under grace. Paul knew somebody would ask this question. But in verse, uh, the question that can be found in verse 15. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Imagine this our past sin, our present sins, and our future sins have already been forgiven. So if we continue sinning, there shouldn't be a problem. What did Paul, how did Paul answer this? He, again, he said, by no means. And from verses 16 to 23, here Paul clearly explained this and gave an answer to this. Look at this. Uh, let's pay attention to this answer. If we obey sin, we will be slaves to sin. If we obey God, we will be slaves of righteousness. This is your choice. But for each choice that we made, there's a consequence. Look at these four verses. Verses found in Romans 6.16. Whether you are a slave to sin which lead, uh, leads to death or, or to obedience which lead to righteousness. In verse 19. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves a slave to righteousness, leading to holiness. Look at verse 21. What benefit did you reap at the time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. Result in death. And look at verse 22. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. In these four verses, we find there are three differences between being a slave to sin and to slave and being a slave of righteousness. Just as 
When you become a slave to sin, it leads to your death. When you become a slave to righteousness, it leads to righteousness. When you become slave to sin, it leads to wickedness and ever increasing wickedness. While being a slave to righteousness will lead to our being holy. To be a slave to sin means we will uh, we will uh, have eternal death. While while being a slave to righteousness, we will have eternal life. Gawai. Dear church, we who have been saved by God's grace, can we live victoriously or not? The key here is for us to make a decision whether uh, to whom do we offer our bodies? To whom do we obey? Do we obey sin or do we obey righteousness? Will we become slaves to sin? Will sin become our master or will Christ be our master? Let's look at it. Uh, let's look at another thing here. Why is so many Christians continue on living a sinful life? Because those who are, are Christians and they would love to enjoy the fruits of their of their sinfulness, the, the pleasure that they get from sinning. What does this mean? It means that they like to have fun. It's for them it's just having fun. So one night stand. That's why they engage in one night stand. one night stand? You know what's one night stand? There's no responsibility in your sexual relationship with somebody else. It's just for fun. Then afterwards there's no string attached. You go your way, I go my way. One night stand. It's just a one night stand. But something might happen. Because sin is so frightening. Let me uh, let pardon me for saying this. We are people who have because they have one night stand just for fun for one time. They have destroyed their family, they have destroyed their marriage. They have lost their ministry, they have lost the respect of other people. And they have even lost their health. But during when they're doing that the thing, they don't have any uh, thoughts about the consequences that they might suffer. Because, because for them it's just for fun. It's just uh, boils down to us wanting to remain in control of our own lives. You want to be the master of your own life. You know, in the 1970s, there's a very famous English song. My way. It's called My Way. I don't know if you know how to sing this. There's, uh, the lyrics there are very, are very meaningful. And now the end is near. And so I face the final curtain. My friend, I see it clear. I stay in my case, of which I am certain. I live a life that's true. I travel, travel each and every highway, Jui, and more, much more than this. I did it my way. 
regret, hmm, are but few. But then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to, to do and saw it through without exception. I planned each charter crossed, each careful step along the byway, and more, much more than this. I did it my way. My way. This is 1970年代的真最冷的夸法,他所爱的物件. This was a very popular song in the 70s, and it was the way of thinking then for a lot of people. People want to be the master of their own life. I did it my way. I did it my way. Now it's 2020. And today, this is as true today as it was in the past. Today, this is still the voice of the people. I did it my way. Everybody wants to declare, I did it my way. He said, Pastor. I did it my way. Why is it? What's wrong in doing things my way? I'm in control of my own life. I'm responsible for my own body. What's the problem? I did it my way. What's the problem? I did it my way. But the problem is, if you're not a Christian yet, let me tell you, you're not doing it my way. You're doing the sinful way. Because you are controlled by sin, you're controlled by your flesh and your lust. This is not truly you. You are under the control. Your will is being controlled by your flesh and your lust. Even though we are Christians, we still cannot live our life our own way. In Romans 7, 18 and 19, Paul gave us a very a clear reminder. For I know that good it itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Look at verse 19. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, I keep on doing. So it's not truly doing it our way, it's doing it the sinful way. Before we are became Christian, we are under the slavery of sin. Because under the power of sin, the power of sin controls us. I don't like to sin, but I continue sinning. See, it's, like, it's like we don't have self-control. There's a power above us that's controlling our movement. The things we know we ought not to say, we continue saying them. Places we shouldn't be going to, we continue going to those places. Things that we shouldn't be looking at, we continue looking at them. Things we don't need to get, we continue to get them. Because we are slaves to sin. But after now, now we are Christians, 
Let me re- let us remember. In the past, we don't have a choice. We don't want to sin, but we continue sinning. But after we become Christians, we now have a choice. We have a choice between whether to remain as a slave to sin or to become a slave of righteousness. The key here is for us to make a choice to whom do we offer our bodies to. To offer oneself to sin and continue being a slave of sin, or to offer oneself to God and become a slave of God, a slave of righteousness. To end our message, I'd like to use this the story of this uh, lady uh, uh, and her testimony. I don't know if you've know, known this uh, woman. She was a very famous and a very beautiful lady in the 1970s. Was, her name is Marian Faithful, and when she was 17, she was already very, very famous. And her, her most famous song is the song As Tears Go By. She was so pretty. And her voice was so good. But people never imagine. You know, for two years, she was homeless. She slept by the streets. Her whole life changed. Because she started taking drugs. At first, she did it for fun. She just wanted to try it. And later on, her life was enslaved to drugs. After two years. And after two years, her friends tried to save her and help her. And she was saved from the streets. And when the reporters interviewed her, she said when she started taking drugs, her intention was just to try it out. Because she thought she could control it. She said she, she thought she could try it and then she could stop anytime she wants. But she never imagined. From the very first time she tried, she became addicted and she totally lost control. After two years. After two years. Even though she was recovered, her voice was completely destroyed. She continued on singing, but her voice was so far from her original voice. That's the story of Marian Faithful. You can There is a, a complete sto- life story of hers that can be found in the internet. When you are in sin, you become a slave to sin. Your church. Sin is just so frightening. When we sin, we don't find any problems in it. That's why the Bible tells us. 
What benefit do you reap at the time from uh, at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. You know what this means? You know, after becoming a Christian, when you think back to the things that you were doing in the past, you feel very ashamed. And you would ask yourself, why did I get involved in such things? You know what? Sometimes there are times when I, I sit down and I think about my past and I thought of the things that I did before I became a Christian, I would feel very sad. Why did I do such a thing? It's like it's not in my nature to be doing such things. But I would really thank the Lord. God's grace is so amazing because He would save a person such a person like me. Your church. Who is your master? In the past, we were uh, st- uh, the sin is our master. So that's why we are slaves to sin. Today, we are a new creation. Please remember, we are never a free man. Because we have a new master. Our Lord Jesus Christ is our new master. Jesus had to pay the cost of a great price just to, to redeem us from our sins. We are slaves of righteousness. We are no longer slaves to sin. Yes, Yes, we sometimes will still sin. Because this physical body, this body that we have right now is not yet fully saved. That's why Paul reminded us. We need to continue my body, uh, continue, uh, conquer my body, beat my body, and make it obey me. To conquer my body means to beat my body. Not to allow your body become your master. Your church. We need to say to our lust and our flesh, no. Because in the past, we, know we have no choice. We have no power. Right now, we do have that power. Because no. we have a new life. We have the power of resurrection in our life. We can say no to sin. We are uh, not eternally under the slavery uh, under the slavery of sin may the Lord help us next week when we look at chapter 7 Paul here will clearly explain how we can conquer sin let's meet again next week let's pray thank you Lord thank you Lord 
Through the book of Romans, we are clearly looking at the problems we face in our lives. Because we know in our in the past we are slaves to sin. We don't want to sin, but we continue sinning. Things we don't want to do, but we keep doing them. Things we shouldn't be looking at, but we continue looking at them. It's like we don't have our free will. But we thank God. When Christ, uh, the salvation of Christ comes into our, to our being, right now we have that power within us. We are still face the influence of sin, the temptations of sin. But now we can offer our bodies as slaves to righteousness, slaves to God. That we can bravely and powerfully say no to our sin and our sinful nature. May your power and your spirit be with us, Lord. Help us, Lord. This is our prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's meet again next week. God bless. God bless.